Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. My name is Julie DeMar, and today I am here with a special guest. I'm here with Melissa Catherine, and we are going to have a beautiful conversation that leaves you guys with a ton of resources, like always. So before I get started, Melissa, thank you for being here, and I will give you the floor so you can let the audience know a little bit about you and what it is that you do. Yeah, oh my God, so I'm so excited to be here. We were already, I was already going a little crazy before we even got started being like, and you know what we can talk about? My business is called Wholeness, so it's about bringing you back to the truth of who you are before you ever thought you were less than, whether due to a number on a scale, a trauma, or any limiting belief. I really teach the limitless mind Mindset. I specialize in reprogramming your self subconscious mind as a master hypnotherapist, master life coach, um, background in the psychology of food, self-sabotaging behaviors and understanding our mind. This is something that, you know, I've helped thousands of women around the world um, and hundreds privately to overcome their limitations and their obstacles. Um, so I'm very, very passionate about, like I said, bringing you back to the truth of who you are. I feel like there's so much that happens from birth to adulthood. And what I see time and time again is that it's our minds that get in the way more than anything else. I just had a conversation, which is so crazy, like kind of along this, the same lines as this. And what I was like saying is this comes up so much with women because of, I feel like the natural conditions that are placed on us, you know, like we're, uh, we're automatically like stuck in these roles of like caregiver, you know, protector, all these different things in the family that like, we're like that point person. And it's like, okay, but what about me? Like, it's just, we get so lost in the sauce so easily. Like, and it's like, okay, what about me? And then there comes that, oh, well, like, what about me? Is it selfish to be me? Is it selfish to know me? Is it selfish to say, hey, that's too much. I'm at capacity. I can't do that right now. As someone who's been there and who <laughs> openly like shares this on the show in order to like let everyone know you're not in this alone. I love like the fact that you're here today to like go deep with this and like explain to listeners, especially to that woman that maybe sitting behind the steering wheel right now and she's just had enough like it's a lot what what do you think some of like the most common contributing factors related to like women dealing with with anything from you know poor image to mom guilt what are those like what are some of those that you've seen in your experience yeah and so i love this um and and there's something that i teach we actually go deep on this in our program because it's an unearthing and it's something about actually starting to challenge. And it feels really uncomfortable. There's a whole new generation of women that have no problems being like, I'm taking time. I got a nanny, somebody else take the children. I'm gonna go do my workouts. I grew up in the generation, I really say anybody that's about uh, right now, some maybe on the cusp of like 35, but I would really say like 40 and above. 38 maybe, but like, we'll, we'll just go with 35, is still in this paradigm where social media was not what it is. The pressure of being a woman, the dynamics, the there was still, right now it's very, if you're coming into the world as a woman and you're even in your 20s, you had many, many women to see that were being moms and having a career and had the support and made the money. That was not the way it is. You see commercials. I was just talking about this with my boyfriend. I was like, you see commercials now where the man's at home and he's buying the diapers. You know, you're seeing, you know, a lot of same sex couples, this and that. Like, this was just not the way it, there was the very generic roles. There's the man and the woman. It was like 1950s, June Cleaver. Getting back to what you're saying, depending on your family dynamics, your culture, right? I'm Italian, Irish, the age old, the woman, makes the meal, cleans the meal, does all the things, doesn't even sit down with the family. <laughs> like she's puts the food down and then she's clearing it. She's doing the dishes. She's what else can I get everybody? That's how I grew up. That's what, so to not do that felt like you're a failure as a woman. There's so much like not get, being married, not having kids. These were choices that I didn't make because I don't want them or anything of that nature. I just chose an untradition at the time untraditional route of let me find myself let me travel the world let me build a career that's what i felt called to and it was really hard 
like personal story, like there was a lot of judgments. There was a lot of, a lot of no matter what success I had, no matter how much happiness there was still, but I'm not married and I don't have kids. And my mom going, but the whole reason we're here is to have children. That's God's gift to us, you know, and married people are happy people. And that's all I heard. And she didn't mean anything. That's truly what she believes. That's how they were raised. So getting back to what you're saying, you really have to challenge. And I took myself through that process and it was so liberating. And when I came into wholeness and I started going, what rules do I want to live by? What roles have I been playing that I got placed on me at a young age? Or especially if you're empathic or a highly sensitive person. And what that means is you energetically feel what other people are feeling. Often empaths can fall into being people pleasers. They have a hard time with their boundaries. They can walk into a room where the party's happening. This is the best way to explain it. And you could have a whole group of people having a blast and you could have another group over here that's really sad or struggling or kind of not enjoying. The empath will go right to the people that aren't enjoying and they'll want to help them and they will want to make them feel better. And they might leave the party going, that wasn't very fun and they'll feel super depleted, but that's where their heart will go. And as a child, if you're an empathic child in a family dynamic where there's roles put on you, where you're like, well, I don't really want that. You're not going to have the voice to say no, because you're just going to want to make your mom or dad happy, or you're just going to want to fit in and you're going to want to keep the peace. That's something that a lot of women naturally as nurturers too, can fall into that. So often I have women in my community go, you know, like for the first time in my life, I'm asking myself, why am I making myself a lunatic at Christmas? Why don't I just order the food or like, why don't we use paper plates? Or why do I think the presents need to be wrapped perfectly? I'm gonna start just getting bags. And then my mom's saying to me, you can't do that. And they hear this voice of their mother. So it, it's it's a powerful concept and I think it's necessary and I it's quite liberating and it's also uncomfortable because you can feel like you're not living up to the part of who you're supposed to be. But that's what coming into wholeness is right? It's coming back to your truth before all of that. I love all that. I took on the role of like the black sheep in my family a while ago. Like it, it wasn't like I assigned it to myself. It was just, I am so different with, you know, doing things that they are just not comfortable with or familiar with, or even at this, some of them are so old. It's never going to, they're never going to be with it. It's crazy. Cause you were talking about Christmas and I was just thinking about how many I can't wrap a gift to save my life. And now I have kids. I don't even try. I bring everything upstairs the night before and we slap it together. How are we? Cause they're going to rip it off. And like, I'm not going to be stressed out, but I literally remember being a kid and my mom making sure like our Christmas tree looked like something out of a Macy's catalog. <laughs> every, every holiday that there is a spread. I order everyone just to let you know, Thanksgiving's around the corner. I order from Honey Bay. Like I'm not cooking. <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be healthy food options that are different from the traditional meal. There's gonna be a turkey. I'm gonna order it. I I don't I just don't do those kind of things because like I realize the stress of it all and like how it wasn't that I I want to kick tradition to the curb and you know just erase family history. But I really started to see like how it's just not. I don't have the capacity for it, and that's okay. Also, you're missing out. Yeah. And it's start, and that's what I think women now are coming into like, Hey, I don't just, I don't want to be a servant. Like I want to be present at the holiday. Like those are my kids opening those presents too. I don't want to be in the other room doing the dishes or that's my family sitting at the table. I just spent all this time, like a week in advance, cleaning, prepping, preparing. And then I now have to worry about cleaning up, clearing, bringing out dessert. Like where is the fun in that? And I think that there's a part where it's going like, hey, it's no longer like the man sits on the side and the woman just does because that's her role because the roles have all changed. The rules have changed of life, but we are in that divide where there's still that lag from previous traditions, generations, lineage, pressure that our generation has the newest generation doesn't they're more like it's it's very me centric it's like mm -hmm. i'm gonna do me 
you know, they don't, they don't really care. They're like, how much time off do I have? I'm not working a lot. I want to go, you know, I'm going to go make hundreds of thousands. I'm going to be an influencer, a millionaire. I'm going to go and be in Bali. I'm going to go here. It's a whole different game. We didn't even have that thought. How could we have it? We like didn't even have social media in the full regard. Anyway, my point with this is getting back to everybody listening. You get to ask yourself what roles and also there's certain roles that you've put on yourself that people didn't put on you that you get to say, do I want this? Because there's something that we get from everything that we do. Even if we bitch and complain about it, you know, I have like uh, the women in our community and they're like, yeah. And then I, everyone always comes to me and they want me to solve their problems. And I'm like, yeah. And if they didn't though, would you be okay with that? Or with that, you know, like there's something that you're getting from it. There's something that you get from being the strong one that never needs anybody. So we have to look at and, and really say, what am I willing to let go of? And can I rewrite my own self-concept mm -hmm. and identity? Yeah. I, I agree with that so much. I actually love the fact that this conversation is like on the table and it's like there. And I, I love the fact that so many people are, even though like there's a lot of resistance out there or just like people who don't know or don't understand. So they, you know, but I love the fact that there's so many people like willing to like enter the chat and yeah. say, you know what? Like, yeah, like, why am I doing that? Or what am I gonna do next? Or even telling yourself like, it's okay. That's huge because here's the thing with mothers and daughters. Like when you were talking about your Christmas, like my mom, everything looked beautiful all the time. She was like an Italian Martha Stewart done to the nines. And there is that part where you also want that acceptance, that approval, that love, that like, I, I want to create something beautiful for my family. It's it's about finding your own truth. And I think that's what we're really being invited to do at this time and space reality is like, what's your truth? Like, what do you want it to be? And then recognizing it's your life. You're living it for you. It's not about anybody else. To circle circle around and like just point out how many of these, these talking points that we've been hitting all tie into self-care and like self-care comes up on this show almost every single episode and it's just like it's so important because like I, I say it all the time so here I go again everyone if you do not take care of you you are not going to be able to properly care for the people in your life yeah. and it's like so you have to make sure that you're okay but there's been like this self-care is selfish narrative that has been painted for so long that I feel like there's just this amount of guilt that is easily attached to it whenever someone does feel like they need to take time for themselves because they start to like conjure up those feelings of it's wrong when it's not at all. So like I just reiterating, I love <laughs> these kind of discussions because it just it lets you know like you're not wrong. It's okay to feel this way. You know, it's okay to say I need a break. Hey, I'm at capacity. It's okay. I'm big on boundaries. It's okay to like put your boundaries in place and like stand firmly on them and say no. Like, and it's okay. This is another thing that I love. No is a complete sentence. Oh, yeah. Like, it's no. It's huge. Yeah. It's, well, I think that one with boundaries, I find that that's, the most challenging for the women in my community, at least, is they'll, they're aware of them. They know they need to do them. I think it's a challenge for some um, and to really, really honor their no. I mean, there's a sacred no and there's a sacred yes. And a sacred yes, like I always teach, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. That's <laughs> for clothes in your closet, the dessert that you're about to eat, the decision that you're going to make, you know, there's that great, great quote by Robert Holden, you think long, you think wrong. If something's right for you, you know the answer. And if you're talking to everybody and their mother about it, or you're, you're thinking about it for days and days and still haven't made your decision, you made your decision. It's done. And so a big one with boundaries, I find hands down always ties in with trust. And that goes into a deeper conversation here with women, where I think early on, women were taught not to fully trust themselves and to trust their word and to trust their boundaries and to feel safe in honoring those boundaries. Because I think we did see our mothers kind of bend over backwards or compromise or put themselves last. Learning to do that 
and to make it a good thing, especially if you're a mom and you've got little ones and, you know, just the pressure and just what biologically is going on within you. And there's so much power in pausing and breathing into it and just going, it's safe for me. It's good for me to take time for myself. It's good for me. I am a better me. But I will say this, if you're taking time for you, self-care is not getting your nails done and answering all of your emails. Self-care is not doing a massage and a to-do list in your head where you're not actually getting the massage because you're thinking about the hundred things you have to do when you leave. Self-care is a mind-body connection and a lifeline to be everything that you really desire to be. I'm finding though that a lot of women are skewing the two and they're like, no, no, I got my green juice. I, I take care of me. I got my green juice and I did my nails. And I'm like, and were you doing all your social media? But like, I get multitasking and I understand you need to get your nails done. You only have this short window, but really look at, are you doing honest self-care? If you're going for what, is it a walk with you? Are you walking with God? Are you like in nature? You know, whatever your religious, whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Versus... Mm -hmm. Oh no, I went on a walk um, and I got back to the hundred Voxers and text messages and all the things, which you can do too, but that's not necessarily self-care. Oh gosh. Someone said to me, it was a while ago, like we've been conditioned to view self-care as like a more of a performative act or in performative acts, like versus like a real soul searching, like deep thing that we do like where we actually like ask ourselves like what do you need today and like honor those needs when you go in and ask your little girl each day like your inner child you just wake up i always tell everybody hug yourself in the morning soul's recognition of itself give yourself the love that you need regardless of your partner and your kids and your forgive your like hey i love you i see you today like i'm showing up for you today and then just hand on heart hand on belly like hey what do you want to do what do you want to wear today what do you want to say today what do you want to eat today and then just listen for a minute and it will be fascinating what will happen if you do that consistently for 30 days the amount of trust connection intimacy with yourself love for yourself so much magic happens i think we make it um, sometimes self-growth and, and self-development work is like a laundry list of, did I do my gratitudes? Did I meditate? Did I do this? Did I have my water with lemon? Did I, right? And it's like, sometimes it's the most simple moments that are so profound. And when done consistently, it will make a huge impact. You know, when I get up in the morning, I don't, I haven't tried the hugging myself. But I, I talk to myself in the morning and I always like I lay there because the, the mornings are the best before everybody starts moving around my house. It's the only time where I'm awake and it's silent. So it's like when I wake up, I I always ask myself, how am I feeling today? I always just do a check in. And then after I find out like where where I am with the check in, then I tell myself, like, if it's a funky day. Then I'm like, okay, well, what do you want today? Or what do you need from today? Cause it's a little funky. And then I'll give myself like realistic, like I want to be calm. Cause I, I woke up and I feel a little on edge or I'll say, I just want to be happy today. Or I'll say, I want to be productive or, you know, creative and live in that space happily. And like, I'll tell myself that. And then after I do that, then that's when I move about my day. And then that's when I'll write it down. I'll go do my gratitude and I'll do all those other things so that if I find myself as I'm moving through the day, finding myself still trying to like clear out that little funkiness or whatever it is that's in me, I'll circle back around to it. Like, okay, well, what's going on? Cause we're still kind of here. And then like that usually like, cause you know, we're going to have ups and downs and some days are going to be good. Some days are going to be bad, but I, I know for me, that kind of like check in with myself and like just even those little five minutes with me, it sets the tone for how I can get through the rest of the day. It doesn't let, if there is some funk there, it doesn't let it snowball into just a, <laughs> a complete, you know what I'm talking about? Like, and that can happen because like I got two small ones. Like it's man, especially during power hour, which everybody is like four to seven. 
when they're both home together and they're fighting over everything and you got to make dinner and you got to make sure they get in the bathtub and do stuff like oh when power hour goes down in here it's like you really gotta be like okay remember you want to be calm mm -hmm. and then like just keep on pushing through it because it's like you guys nobody warned me what boy mom life was going to be about <laughs> <laughs> so they're so cute though <laughs> they are <laughs> They are, I think that my oldest is going to, like, he loves all of this. Like, I think he's going to do something. We're definitely going to see him somewhere. You know, he, like, tells me, he's like, hey, mom, subscribe to my channel. Bye. And I'm like, oh, I'm I, like, okay. And he's like, make sure you buy my example. merch. I love that. Yeah, he's already practicing. So whatever he's going to sell, I ask him, like, what kind of merch are you going to sell? And he's like, blankets and squishies. Squishies. <laughs> I'm like, what's a squishy? And he'll hold up his stuffed animal. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, he does. And he's like, These it's are so like bad. huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How much does like our unhealed trauma like play into all of these things that we experience? Oh, our unhealed trauma. I mean, 95% of our actions each day comes from our subconscious programming. So that's why I specialize in reprogramming the subconscious because your subconscious started, got formed from being in the womb until age eight, our self-concept by age 10, and your brain stops forming at the age of 18, right? And your very last iteration of self is by 22. Most of your unhealed wounds, self-concept, what you believe to be true about you is womb until eight. It's powerful. This is why I always say when you're having a conversation with like another adult and you're like, they're literally acting like a child. It's because they're acting like a child, their inner child. And whatever happened, they just got really triggered. A trigger is a trigger because it is showing you where there's unhealed emotions in the body. So when I'm tracking energy in the body or looking at as a body intuitive, looking at where there's energetic fissures in the body, I can plainly see where things, fractures happen, where we separate from self, where there's a splintering effect from being whole into, oh, there must be something wrong with me. Oh, this is a new identity. Oh, oh, oh. And they can branch off. And generally they can come from, some of them serve you and some of them hurt you, right? You could be told you're a great student and you could be told you're a really bad athlete. You could be told that you're a great daughter or you could be told that you're a really awful sister. You could be told that you're super great with numbers or you're this. And you will take that story regardless of its truth and make it your truth and it will become an identity. So when we look at self-concept as adults and I work with clients and I say, what are the things that are going on in your life? I can clearly see, oh, well, this is your the fractured self-concept. These are identities about yourself being played out because as Neville Goddard says, everything is a mirror. Every, right? Like life is a mirror. I mean, God said this. I mean, it goes back. Aristotle said this. So, but everything is you pushed out, meaning everything is a reflection of the lens in which you see it. And it's all based off of your own perception. So everything is me pushed out, meaning if I go and I meet somebody that day and in my mind, I'm like, oh, they're totally judging me. Oh, they think I'm fat or that they, they think that I this, or they don't think, or they think I'm not successful. This is all my own experience, but it's making me experience them as someone that's judging me. Meanwhile, that person in their head could be like, oh, that person's nice. What's going on over here? But I have this whole experience going on. And then I'm taking that experience and I'm going over here. So our view of ourselves, our unhealed wounds, that is the most powerful. I mean, that's what's being played out in your relationships, your career or lack thereof, you, the way you parent, what what you're seeing happen with your children. I, I mean, everything in life. Mm -hmm. Which brings me right on into mindset. <laughs> <laughs> right into it. Because like, how important is this? Like, I know we, we you talked about it right in the beginning, but I want to circle back around and like really like kind of dive in and talk about your mindset. And I, you've mentioned uh, a couple times um, talking um, about the impact that your subconscious mind and your mind have and all this. So for those who don't understand, what does that mean? Here's the best way to break down the mind for people in the most simplified way. If you're looking to change your mind, don't call it my mind. 
it's the mind. The mind doesn't own you. Many people think it's my mind that gets in the way. It's my mindset. It's my mind. Stop saying things that you don't want to be your reality. Remember, your words are your one. They'll create for you or against you, as Florence Govelshin says, a, a, in an incredible book called The Game of Life and How to Play It. It's so true. Your words have power. They have vocal resonance. Your body hears everything on a cellular level. This is why people speak about affirmations and mantras, because your body is hearing your own vocal code through your own eardrum is actually creating and coding you on a cellular level, your own belief system. If you want to change your belief system, change your words, start with your thoughts, understand your mind is only set up for survival. It will never take you past where you've taught it to go. Meaning if you're sitting here right now going, uh, I only make this much money and I have this much success or I want this. That's what your mind knows how to do. It's going to keep you in that holding pattern. And this is why people go, well, I don't understand. I, I went on that diet for 30 days, but then I gained the weight back. You, you expanded yourself, but you didn't create a new identity. Your thermostat is set here. Let's just say it's on 76. Your mind knows how to keep you at a strong 76. It only knows what you taught it. Your mind is set up for survival, nothing else. Having anxiety, having depression, having stress. These are not things you were born with, right? They're things that we, we create in our nervous system as a trauma response when an emotional experience in life was too overwhelming for our emotional body to understand. We create, our mind goes ding, 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 ding. This is unsafe. Let's create an overriding pattern to help regulate her unsafety right now. You'll get all of a sudden you'll go start eating. This is when people struggle with their weight. They have a pattern of soothing with food. Somebody else will say, oh, okay, um, alcohol. Oh, okay, we're gonna spend money. Oh, we're gonna numb out over here. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna have an anxious pattern. Then we can deviate from this uncomfortable feeling into anxiety. So this is what the mind will do. So just mind mapping for everybody. That's the mind. The mind is set up for survival. Now, here's the trick, and this is as a hypnotherapist, and, and a mindset expert, this is what I teach. You command the mind. You command the mind what you want and the body will follow. So when you're sitting there going, I'm procrastinating, I don't feel like doing anything today. I don't wanna, you go, I'm gonna do 10 minutes. We're doing 10 minutes. And then we can do our gratification in 10 minutes. Do the same thing with a workout, do the same thing. Once you redirect, you'll start going in a different direction. What people do, that's a mistake, is they live in the mind. And they and I always say you can't outthink a negative state. Your mind is going to, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right, right? As Henry Ford, this famous quote, you can talk yourself into or out of anything. If I said to you right now, you're sick, and you you said you were tired, I think you should take off the rest of today. You're going to go, you know what, Melissa, I'm going to take off the rest. I'm not feeling very well. And I guarantee if you ruminate on that, you will end up talking yourself into truly having like the flu or something very, very shortly. And you will not do work the rest of today, all the things you had to do. And you'll tell yourself and you'll be on the and you'll be watching Netflix. Now, if I said to you, you're fine, you're going to kick ass today. You're gonna do so great. In fact, today is one of your best creative days ever. You do, and you start feeding your mind and you go, we're just, all we have to do is 10 minute spurts. We're gonna put on a timer, 10 minute spurts, and we get to be done at four o'clock today. I'm making up something, right? And you give yourself a, you'll do that. You command the mind. And that's what I want everybody to understand. Our subconscious is running the show. So this is where, you know, we'll look at, there's a great book um, by my friend, Dr. Joe Dispenza. He, 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 he's so brilliant. And he, what he says is we can't overcome the, the negative mind and who we believe ourselves to be, but we can become who we want to be by believing who we want to be. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. It does. The correlation I'm making is kind of like how if I wake up feeling some kind of way, instead of like living in that, I tell myself how to feel or I tell myself what to do or how we're going to. And I get up and I move through it. Like today I woke up feeling like low and I was like, what is going on? I realized, recognized something was going on, but it was like, 
okay. Like I didn't ignore it, you know, but I didn't let it have me wrapped up in a blanket on the couch either. I still got on the treadmill. I did. I ran for 15 minutes instead of 30, you know, like I, I still did what I needed to do. And what you get to do is you get to partner with that. So we don't want to do like spiritual bypassing of I'm happy. I'm happy when like tears are welling in your eyes. It's like, no, like, like let the tears flow. They're like, that's just an emotional release. It's not negative to cry. Like there's this thing with women, like don't be angry, never be sad, never be angry, always be happy, always be perfect, always be upbeat, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we shouldn't cry. Crying is like weakness. Like my dad would say to me, I have two older brothers and it would be like, be stronger than that. You're better than that. You know, don't let people see your emotions. That's a sign of weakness. You know, like we learn these things. I'm not saying he loves me. He's the best dad. But he wanted me to be a strong woman, you know, like, and I say this because we have to allow our emotions. But just what you were saying, which is so beautiful, is you partnered with yourself and you still took care of you. But you didn't go, oh, you're tired today. Well, we're going to do 45 minutes. You know, you were like, we're going to do 15 and we're going to flow with our day and maybe we're going to you know do it a little bit differently but and that's what being in partnership with yourself is i wasn't always like this though like <laughs> definitely well, we learn. yeah we learn yeah, like, I mean, that, I, girl if i told you all the ways that i mean yeah it's how we got into this anyway yeah <laughs> that's i just like to always like throw that back out there for the audience like um you know, like, hey, we're just like you. And like, you gotta move oh, through it, move through it all. And you will come out at whatever your landing spot is too. And like, you'll feel free and you'll feel beautiful in that space. Cause like, I know for me, like once I started overcoming and becoming is what I always love to say about myself is like, I'm becoming that person that I was intended to be since creation. So like all this crap happened to me in life and it was pretty bad. But like that wasn't for me to become all those different things and stay in that space. Like, and that's why I also feel like it's very important for me to share it so that people who are living in these spaces and, you know, experiencing trauma or even people who are just like, hey, yeah, there's something I feel that thing in me where I need something more. I just don't necessarily know how to go after it or what this means. Like even something like that, like this show offers you all the resources to explore those things and come out on the other side. I love that. No, I, um, you know, I always say, I come like, it's fascinating to me, all the things that I've had to overcome. And then the women that end up coming to me needing the exact thing that I just had to overcome, you know, like all of a sudden it was, you know, when I healed cancer and then I had women coming with diagnosis after diagnosis, you know, and I was just felt so, I've chosen I say this, as, as crazy as this sounds, I felt really blessed because I could relate, right? Like, because the, the, I always say, I think when I've like, regardless of all my credentials and the, the years that I've done and all the, it's, it's all the experience of actually who I had to become and what I had to overcome that I think is the greatest gift to impart because you can relate, like it's really easy to tell somebody what to do when you've never been through it. But when you've actually been through it and you're like, I know what that feels like. So I I really wanna say, I just really honor you because I think choosing to share and open up, I think I really believe that that's why we're here. I had a client reaching out today and my message back, and it was just as I always believe every everything that I share is always meant for me first and foremost. I was saying to her, I was like, you know, we're all connected, like we're all together. So you're not better than anybody. And whatever else is going on for other people, if they've had more go on in their lives or struggling even greater or or less than you doesn't matter because we're all here. And when you're, when you really come from that place, it's like I posted today, like a generous heart is a blessed heart because when you give and it's, and you just share just your truth, 
I just think that's all we need to do. And I think the more that it, there's just that truth, do you know what I'm saying? I just, I just feel like that's what's needed. I just feel like take away all the flashy and the this and the that. And it's just like, talk, talk to me, you know, like your friend, tell me what you did. Let me help you. Let me learn. Take what speaks to you, leave what doesn't. You know, the prayer that you hope that somebody gets what they need, right? If one person listening feels much better and believes like in themselves enough to take that first step today, like as soon as they hear the, you know, see you be back next week, you know, the show close and they say, hey, that resonated with me. Okay. Yeah. I'm not alone. I can do it. That's like the entire mission. Because I know for me, like there was a long time where I was just like out in the ocean, like there, no one in sight figuring it out, you know? And then then there came that one person who came along and gave me some tools. And then another person came along and gave me a few tools. And like now it like set me on that path. So Julie, didn't you notice, or, or maybe this didn't happen for you, but I know I, and this goes back to this conversation I had today, which is so timely for our um, show here right now. But the times that I was at my lowest were the times that I was most isolated and the times that I was in such separation and was putting the weight of the world on my shoulders. And even though I was saying, you know, I'm faith-based and, have, you know, I really wasn't like, I wasn't depending on my faith and I know not pushing religion, but like for me, that that's God, universe, source, all the powers that be. I, I really wasn't looking at and viewing that as unconditional love and support for me, even though I would still be like, oh no, I pray and I have this. And I noticed that the most, the time that I struggled the most, I was the most separated, isolated, closed off, most judgmental, most critical, most of a lack consciousness. I was like, I just need, you know, I want support, but at the same time, I wasn't my energy of being open to invest in that. And I don't mean invest monetarily. I just mean being willing and open and receptive to help. And the minute that that shifted and I said, oh no, I like, I'm, I want all the support. I want all the help. Like I'm reaching out, like I will take it from wherever. Then it came in like floodgates. But that isolation, like I, you know, when they say there's only two human emotions, love and fear, love resides with like faith, anything is possible. Love is all there is like God, you know, connection and fear is all lack based. It's all I'm not enough. I can't get what I want. I can't. And I just found that for myself. Did you? What about you and your experience? Yeah, I. OK, so in my isolation period, I also was telling myself that it was necessary for me to grow. Oh, so, that's, and so that's I was like, I <laughs> oh, so it's like using self-growth and like a in a, like a masochistic way of like, I must be in solitude. So it's almost like a penance for my sins type thing. Yeah, I literally told myself I needed to be in isolation away from everyone. This separation was here comes me judging everybody. This separation was because I am better and need something different in life and they're still doing all that stuff. And so I literally, and look, I lived in that space for like five years. Interesting. Like this is before getting married. Cause me and my husband, okay. So we were together eight years before we even decided to get married. And then like the whole time I was like, I'm not having kids. I'm not doing this, not doing that. Then we get married, have the greatest summer ever. And now I'm pregnant. So it was like, oh. but then it was like, that was, I always speak about this too. The first aha moment in my life was when I got pregnant because I was like, oh, I'm about to be responsible for a person. And I had like an honest conversation with myself. Like, you're not okay. You're not even really responsible for you. Like, yeah, I'm successful. I got the house, the car, the career, this, that, whatever the man, but like, I was like very mean, very negative, very like rah, rah. Yeah. Like all the time. And then it went from that to, okay, well, I'm going to just like, I don't need y'all. I don't need this. I don't need that. And it's like, I was justifying it though. And like, it wasn't, none of it was right. So then it was, there's another thing that happened. COVID happened and shut us down, shut us up in the house made me have to now i'm pregnant with another child and i carried so much stress 
hate, negative, everything in my body that my son actually and me almost died. I had him two and a half months early. So um, it was like things happen, you know, that made me be like, no, girl, you're not OK. And this needs to shift. And then that's when I started having real conversations with myself. And I started like being open to help since I said and I used to always say, too, I don't need that. I don't. What you talking about? Like things like that, too. So it's like once I was like, OK, no, I do need this. And I, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I do need some help. And can you? You know, and my my first life coach, love her to death because she kicked my ass. And she never, she used to ask me questions and say stuff. And like, she was raw. Like, she'd be like, so who are you? And I'm like, I'm a writer, producer. And she's like, that's not what I asked you. That's, who are you? I'm a wife, a mom. That's not what I asked you. Who are you? What? What do you, I... I don't know. So, yeah, I was a hot mess, y'all. <laughs> but once I, like, understood, well, like, I, I was a hot mess. I actually, I think the majority, I don't want to say the majority of women. I'm Well, that's kind of broad, a, a deep generalization there. So everybody listening, don't hate me. Um, but in truth, I mean, so I committed to this work, like I've done a lot of work, but I constantly have to ask myself over and over, okay, who am I now? And who am I this year? And who am I this month? And knowing what I know now, because we're always, you're, you aren't the same person you were yesterday. The past doesn't even matter, but you did something and what she did with you, I love a good life coach. I love, uh, because not many women actually if you said to them who are you do they know if they aren't they many became a wife and a mother because they didn't know who they were and it was or it was the natural next step or they just didn't you know they were like a career is really not for me or like i don't really know what to do like i think it's time to be a wife i think it's time to be a mom i mean that's very common you know that's kind of like the way that we were and now there's this big but who are you and what's your purpose? Mm -hmm. And now it's, we don't, we're not dying at 80 anymore. We're living to be a hundred. So it's no longer is 40, like, oh my God, you've only got a finite period of time. It's like, nah, you've got another like 60 years. So do you like who you're with? Do you like what you're doing? And now it's no longer just have one career for your life. It's, you can have five, you can have 10. And so it's opened things up and that's exciting. And it, I think it's also scary to a lot of people because many are going like, I didn't plan to keep living life. Like my coach is like, you know, the, I, I mean, it's actually scientifically proven the body isn't what ages. Our minds are what ages the body. The body could keep living. Our belief that we're supposed to become decrepit, elderly, and age. If you go to Bali, you will see a 90-year-old woman walking a mile of steps like this. I wish I had a picture with me because I put it up right here from my time in Bali with a basket on her head of rocks. And she will carry this up a mile of steps, 80s, 90s. That's just what you do. And they will have, and so the rocks aren't like massive, but like, that's just, that's part of their culture. These people aren't, their knees aren't giving out. They're not like hunched over. Um, but I say this because anyway, with age and the mind, um, I just think that, you know, my, my coach and my love um, was my coach uh, previously, previous years, Dan Sullivan. He was like, he's incredible, but he's like 80 something and him and his wife, like they're like, oh, our our age, when we got it done, we're going to live to be 117. And we are now opening this and traveling here. And when he asked all of us, what age are you planning on? Like it was fascinating how many people had planned their entire lives to like not live past essentially 80, 85 at most. And it's just, yeah, I think, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but a fascinating one. My husband actually has an aunt. <laughs> who lives in Jamaica. My husband's Jamaican. He has an aunt that lives in Jamaica. She's like 93 or 94. My she looks she looks like 65. 
she's she's walking around gardening doing all her stuff every day like strong mind strong body like absolutely like beautiful you know what i mean and it's just like yeah i i get exactly what you're talking about because like i i actually have a person in my family that is that person that's like yeah but somebody oh my gosh i always see them in my timeline um the reels this guy he's always saying this ease causes disease like that's his thing yeah and 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 he breaks he has the word disease it's broken in half he's and it's like he shows you like this ease disease like and he closes out like a lot of his reels like that and i'm like man because stress causes disease Mm -hmm. so when we look at the body if you're looking at anything this is when like people with like stage four cancer go to an island and laugh for a month and they come back and they can't find it. Um, it's because of that. Like they're you're saturating yourself. What did I say? Like on a cellular level, our cells are hearing everything. So when I overcame cancer, I made the clear declaration of I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm healthy. I heard God say, you're healthy. I'm on my hands and knees. And I was like, I don't understand how, how is this back? And I heard you're healthy. And I was like, that's it. I am healthy. And there's no room for illness in this body. And I spent the next eight weeks living my best life. I did self-hypnosis. I prayed, meditated, but I didn't tell anybody that didn't believe that I was healthy. I didn't talk about it. And I didn't live into an identity of being sick. And many, when they get told a diagnosis, no matter how severe, they own it. I can't tell you the number of people that come to me to heal them of anxiety and get off medications or this and that. And they're going, I've been anxious my whole life. I I have horrible, crippling anxiety. And I'm like, well, of course you do. All you're talking about is that you have, you're owning it. You're saying it's crippling. So your body's hearing everything and your mind's going, oh, this is who we are. So we need to reenact that every day and find ways to experience it. Your mind's going to pull on. So just to, to, for our mindset piece here to bring it home, The mind doesn't know the difference between a dream or reality. So when you go to sleep at night, feed it the visual of your dream. For all my ladies going, it's so late in life. For the first time, I'm asking myself what I want, or I'm just getting, I'm divorced, or I'm just starting a career. It's not late. You're going to live into your hundreds. You've got so many, look at your life now and go, what if I have my entire dream life in 10 years? Is that really too long to wait? For everything in your life, like if you have massive debt and you want to be a multimillionaire, it will happen. It can happen in very quickly. Like all of this can happen. So, but feed your mind the vision of what you want and then speak it into existence and live in that altered state. Live in the end state, which is what I teach. The end state, do it backwards. Don't go into, don't create a time delay with, I am willing or someday or maybe, or I hope I'm trying, I'm working towards. No, 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 no. I am, I have, I'm it, it's done. And if you're really having a hard time with believing something's possible, bridge the gap and say, I believe it's possible I could be a millionaire. I believe it's possible I could release this hundred pounds. I believe it's possible I could have a child. I believe, I believe. And bridge the gap or just own it. And then live into the end state of, if I already have it, how would I feel? How would I act? How would I show up? And do your gratitudes each day from that woman, not from who you are. Give thanks to God for all that was already given in the end state of who you are and want to be, not present day you. Because this is just a 3D mirage of your previous five-year manifestation mind that's it that's all this is right now oh my gosh that was if that wasn't a way to go into our big show question i don't know what it is (laughs) oh because it definitely was i was like sitting here looking at the questions like she's checking off the boxes without me asking but um yeah like all it just all worked and tied itself in together and it was like a really powerful beautiful thing that you just said so i want to let that marinate and everybody ride on that 
And I'll ask you, um, what does selective hearing mean to you? That's a good one. Um, for me, selective hearing actually goes right into what I was just saying. So there's, I want to, I'm going to hear the things that feed my soul, what my truth is for me, what I know. Um, and so there's so many different things that we've talked about, but I think for myself in my experience, so much of what we hear gets interpreted right through our own lens. And for me, I want to selectively hear through the lens of love. And that's, that's it. That's absolutely beautiful and powerful. Please share with everyone how they can get in touch with you and everyone here. I go driving this home again. This information will be listed in the show details and on the research of research resource page at selectivehearingshow.com. So um, if you don't check the show notes, always just go to my website and click on resources. There will be a beautiful picture of Melissa Catherine right there. And there will be a button that says Melissa Catherine's website. And you click it and it'll take you directly to all the information that she is about to give to you right now. Yeah, so um, I mean, you can follow me. Um, we have our wholeness podcast. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, period, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N.com. I'm also on TikTok. Uh, YouTube is Melissa Catherine Wholeness. My TikTok's the same as the other one, but any um, of our free resources. So I think I, I um, my team had, we had sent you the links. Mm-hmm. Um, for some free resources, but there's a miracle mindset hypnosis um, that you can fall asleep to, to help passively program your mind while you sleep. Um, You can also put it on the background. Um, That's completely free. And when you go to my website, you can also sign up for that and get that delivered. Um, I would love to, yeah, just stay connected if you have any questions, anything you need. And there's a ton of um, free resources on the links in my Instagram page from um, the, oh, the other one that we gave you was the um, Meant for More Confidence Masterclass. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's an incredible masterclass, just all about redefining your self-concept and owning the power of your words and your energy. So you guys head over to my website and um, get all, take advantage of all these resources. Like that is exactly why we're here. So um, make sure you head over, check them out, reach out to Melissa, ask any questions that you might have. Um, Thank you again for being here. This was a great conversation. This is awesome. Thank you. And everyone, I will be back next week. So until next time, this is Selective Hearing.